don't underestimate the power of giving. Don't underestimate the power of being generous with your time, being generous with your talents, being the person in the office who knows Excel the best and helping out, being the person people go to because you have a reputation for helping people with their problems. People talk about givers. People say great things about givers. People acknowledge givers and want to hold them up high. Remember, you're making that bank. You are creating a balance in your favor when you give to people, and they will do whatever they can to elevate you after that. Welcome to Management Material. My name is Katherine Vanderlaan. I started my career at the bottom as an assistant and worked my way up to become the boss's boss in eight years. And man, I love management. If there's anything I've learned, it's that what got you to where you are now won't get you to where you want to be. This is a podcast for top performers who also want to be amazing managers. I've coached lots of talented people into their dream jobs as managers. I challenge the way they see the world and say what they don't necessarily want to hear. You see, management is all about leadership. The best managers were leaders long before they had any direct reports. Management material is all about getting you from where you are now to that coveted seat in the corner office. Let's turn you into management material. Welcome to Management Material, episode 11, the balance and the bank trading favors so people owe you. And I, I, guys, I don't mean in that weird way of trading favors. I just mean building a balance or building a bank of favors in people's minds so that they feel like they owe you something. Now, if this doesn't sound like a, thr- a Slytherin, I don't know what does. Um, I used to think I was a Gryffindor in the old Harry Potter house classes and things like that, but my friends have convinced me that I am a Slytherin, so I'm leaning hard into it. I want to start with a concept instead of a story. Adam Grant is this amazing professor. He is, I think he's a sociologist, but he might be a psychologist, and he has this TED Talk all about givers, takers, and matchers. I'm going to give you a very brief summary, but if you're interested in this, you should go listen to his TED Talk. I've played it for my parents. I sent it to my team at work a couple years ago. It is an older TED Talk, still very valuable. So let me give you the summary. Givers, as you might assume in an organization, givers are people who give things. Their natural inclination is to be generous with their time, their resources, to take on work for other people just to help them. Takers, as you might imagine, are people who are kind of known in the office to be kind of selfish. They they give work away even when they have the time to do it. They take credit for things that they might not have done and they're generally viewed as awful people. If you're a taker, you can stop listening now. <laughs> or or change your ways. That's fine. Matchers are people who look and see the community around them. They look and see what is my current context, what is the culture here, and they match what they're around. So if a matcher is around a giver, they're a lot more likely to act like a giver. 
if they are around takers, they are very likely to put those, you know, bring them down to bring those, those takers down because they don't like being around them. If you're a matcher, like I think Adam Grant said, 51 or 52% of people are, then you're like me. You want to bring the takers down and you want to boost the givers up. I feel like I'm in perfectly great company with the rest of my matcher Slytherins. So anyway, we're going to use that information. We're going to use that knowledge, knowing that givers are both the top and the bottom of performers. So they are, they are the people who operate at the lowest levels in an organization. They are people who uh, on a sales team who don't make their numbers because they're so busy giving to people. Givers are also the top performers on a sales team, the top producers in a company because they give to people and because they are allowed to be who they are. Guys, go watch that TED Talk by Adam Grant. I'm not joking. It's great. Anyway, let's get into how this applies to you and the balance in the bank. I'm going to come back to 51, maybe it's 52. I think it's 51% of people are matchers. People who want to match what is going on around them. And also here's a little piece of psychology about them. Matchers have this automatic bank in their minds. They are looking at who's been giving to me and how can I give back to them? How can I uh, balance this out so that, so that I don't owe anybody anything? A lot of people are like that. I don't think it's just matchers. I think a lot of people do that. Maybe not takers, but definitely matchers and some givers. People don't like owing other people things. How do we use that to our advantage? Let me tell you a story. Desmond Doss was a man who volunteered for the military right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. He worked on the docks. He felt like he owed his his country. He felt like he needed to give back and serve his country. So he volunteered for the military and he served in the military. Now, the interesting thing about Desmond Doss, and there's, there's a whole movie about it. If, if you've uh, watched it, you know this. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. And what that is, that's a very devout Christian. That's somebody who takes very literally things that are that are in the Bible and uh, a lot of the teachings. And one of the teachings uh, in the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not murder. Even though he volunteered and he was serving in the military, he didn't want to handle a gun. He didn't want to shoot anybody. He never wanted to hurt another soul. Through basic training, through all of his training, people made fun of him. The other soldiers made fun of him because he wasn't handling a gun. He wasn't doing the rest of what they did. He actually got in a lot of trouble because he wouldn't listen to direct orders when it came to handling a gun and and carrying one. He wanted to be a medic. He wanted to save people. He wanted to help them keep people alive, not kill them. He felt like God had called him to this. And maybe God had. I'm I'm a Christian. I believe God calls you to certain professions, certain places at certain times so that you can do God's work. So he went in right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and he wanted to serve in the military. He got to serve, but it wasn't easy for him. People didn't like him. The other soldiers really didn't like him. They tried to ostracize him. They bullied him. They called him awful names. 
His commanding officers made his life so difficult, and all he wanted to be was this combat medic. He's in the military. He's been deployed at this point, and and people hated him. I mean, really disliked him. They thought that he was some sort of puritanical Bible thumper, but he was there just to do God's work. He served in combat on the islands of Guam, Okinawa, Leyte, and in every single military operation, he saved lives. When people cried medic, he ran to them and helped his comrades, helped his fellow soldiers heal and stay alive while people were shooting at him. Now, if you've seen the movie, I I don't remember what movie it's called, but if you've seen the movie, then you understand that at one point in May 1945, Desmond Doss Division was in a place called Hacksaw Ridge. They were trying to capture a place. Uh, this was this was right in the face. Right, they were right on the front lines, and enemy forces rushed them in in a counterattack. The officers over Desmond Doss and and his whole division ordered an immediate retreat, and a lot of soldiers rushed to climb back down the steep cliff. They were right on a cliff. About only actually less than a third of the men made it back down that cliff. The rest of them were wounded. They were shot. They were thrown, you know, grenades were thrown at them. And the only one who rushed to help them was Desmond Doss. He disobeyed orders, charged back into the firefight and rescued as many men as he could before he collapsed or died trying. That was that was what he was trying to do. He was trying to rescue as many men as he could. Can you say giver? I can, you know, it sounds like a giver to me. He saved 75 lives that day on May 5th. What he would call as a Seventh-day Adventist his Sabbath, the the day he was not supposed to work. He saved 75 lives. He had a grenade that landed on his feet. He was severely wounded. He was shot, I think, in the chest. You know, he tore up his leg with that grenade that was thrown at him. He treated his own wounds while he was trying to pull these men off that cliff and save their lives. A sniper shattered his arm and nothing. This is stuff that nobody else had ever done. I'm just going to say that he he was moved by his love for Jesus Christ. He gave because he was given to first. He knew that his life was Jesus's. And if, if Jesus wanted to protect him, he would. Well, Desmond Doss made it out of there alive. He got the Cong- Congressional Medal of Honor, a Bronze Star for Valor. But all of this Purple Heart and three Purple Hearts, actually, I believe. Purple Heart with two oak leaf clusters. He did more than any other man in 1945. He saved more lives. And it was against orders. And I'll tell you what, the men he saved that night were his friends until the end of their lives. He changed their minds because he gave to them. He changed their minds because he had this fierce determination that he was going to give no matter what. Saver Street can help you get control of your money as well. 
get out of debt, get through your money struggles, and learn to thrive in your personal life. We know how stressful it is when you have money struggles and you really just can't get out of them. Get out of that cycle. Go to saverstreet.com and book a complimentary consultation. We'll figure out where you are in your personal finance journey, what your next steps are, and create a roadmap with you to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. Visit saverstreet.com right now to see more. I mean, let's look back. 51% of people are matchers. Those brave actions that he had as a combat medic, it changed those men's lives by seeing that character. They, after that, they would have given their lives for him because he risked his life for them all day, knowing that it was in mortal peril. Why does this story matter? How does it change how you view the world? Being a matcher who's surrounded by givers changes what you do in the office. It changes what you do at work. And it changes how people see you. If you are a giver and you're you're giving to the people at your office and, and your work, what you're doing is you're building a bank. You are building, A, confidence in their minds that they like you, And B, you're building this giving bank of favors for them. Now, I'm not saying go out and risk your life for people. That might not be what you're doing right now, right? You might not be in the military. And and hopefully, if you're not in the military, you're not shooting at anyone. But don't underestimate the power of giving. Don't underestimate the power of being generous with your time, being generous with your talents, being the person in the office who knows Excel the best and helping out, being the person people go to because you have a reputation for helping people with their problems or helping people think through and find strategic solutions for their problems. Don't underestimate the power that giving has from the bottom of the rung all the way to the top. People talk about givers. People say great things about givers. People acknowledge givers and want to hold them up high. Remember, you're making that bank. You are creating a balance in your favor when you give to people, and they will do whatever they can to elevate you after that. I mean, unless they're a taker, then then they shouldn't be there anyway. That's okay. You'll find them. Be like Desmond Doss. Be like the person who, even though people hate you around the office, and hopefully they don't hate you, keep listening if you think people hate you and we'll make sure that they don't. But even if you necessarily don't like the people around you in your office, be that giver and you will have a reputation for that. You will start to change your culture and change where you work so you enjoy it better too. Givers change cultures. If you are a giver, if you are somebody people rely on, you will be able to change your culture for the better at your workplace. All right, let's talk about this. I've gotten some backlash against this, uh, some objections. Uh, One person has said to me over the years, quid pro quo doesn't work. So we're not even supposed to do quid pro quo. I'm not talking about quid pro quo. I'm not saying like you're giving to somebody and then you turn around and say, you owe me now. No, no, that's ridiculous. Like, let's not do that. So no, I'm not saying do any sort of quid pro quo at your office or your workplace. 
What I am saying is give without reservation. Be generous. Always put your own work first. Yeah, okay. But give. And if you give, people will start to feel like there is a a bank of favors that you're building with them. They'll start to feel that the balance is, is tipped in your direction and they'll start giving back in any way that they can. And they'll start saying really nice things about you in the office. I'll tell you what, when you say nice things about yourself and uh, blow your own trumpet, like let, let's count that as, as one point in your favor when you blow your own trumpet and, and you should say nice things about yourself. Sure. When somebody else says nice things about you, it counts for it's 10 times as amazing. So it's 10 times as powerful. When somebody else says something nice about you, when you're not there, it is super powerful. People remember it and it makes an impression. It's like the opposite of gossip. It is, it is amazing when people do that. So another objection is what about the takers or, or what if this doesn't work with some people? It's not going to work with some people. That's okay. That's all right. It works with most people. And that's what we're going for here. We're not going for perfection. We are going for what actually works with most people. How can you get ahead? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, being a giver is the number one way to get ahead. But you have to put your own work first and then you can give to other people. Just make sure to keep that balance. So that is the story today. That is the balance and the bank. This is another psychological tenant, I guess. Uh, Some sort of, this is another uh, psychological truth that people really feel like there is a balance and a bank. So be a giver and people will feel like they like you and they kind of owe you. And that's not a bad thing. All right. I'll see you in the next episode. Shoot me your, well, don't. It's funny. Kind of a joke there. Uh, Send me your emails. Send me your comments. I would love to know what you think of this podcast, what you'd like to hear about next, and what you're doing in the office differently to build influence, to become uh, known as management material. All right. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Management Material. If you like what you're listening to, please rate us on iTunes. I track those ratings like I tracked my GPA in college. And let me know what else you want to hear about. I'm an open book. I can't wait to see you in the next episode.